This episode is sponsored by Kendo UI. Kendo UI allows you to build better apps faster. They have a comprehensive library ranging from data grids and charts to buttons and sliders. Plus, you can use their components as plain JavaScript as well as in Angular, React, and Vue. They have a large collection of customizable popular themes like Bootstrap and Material. Go check them out at reactroundup.com slash kendoui. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am Corey House, and panelists, you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, yes, I am Kent C. Dodds. Hello there. And hello, I am Tara Manisic. And, uh, Hi, I'm Amand Mittal. Hi, Anand. And uh, Amand is our guest for today. Uh, and Amand, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So I'm a computer science graduate. Uh, I've been working in web development for the past two years as a Node.js full-stack developer. Uh, I have worked with organizations like uh, Free Code Camp and all that. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So, so Amand, what is your experience with React then? Uh, I've been working with React for the past six months. Uh, I've done uh, two enterprise projects in it. And I started working on Gatsby uh, for a client uh, in January. So that's how I got in touch with uh, the Gatsby team. And I guess Charles contacted me for that or his team member. Ah, uh, okay. So you've worked with Gatsby. When you say you've worked with Gatsby, do you mean that you've been contributing uh, code to the open source project uh, or that you've been using it? No, I've been using it in production. Using it in production, okay. So for those that aren't familiar with Gatsby, can you uh, summarize exactly what it is and why you'd uh, find it useful? Sure. It's a, basically, it's a static site generator in traditional terms. And it's based on React, but and it has connectivity with GraphQL and uh, the, all the new API stuff. Uh, it's quite mature in the time period it has been like uh, online for like one and a half years or two years, I guess, for now. So it has become quite mature with the community support. Okay, excellent. And so why would somebody choose to use, say, Gatsby over other popular alternatives like Create React App or Next.js? Uh, Gatsby provides a minimal structure, just like Create React App. You don't have to care about the web webpack and modeling stuff. So Gatsby has that thing. Uh, with that, uh, it, it automatically connects uh, with GraphQL and you can uh, have your own plugins. It has a good library of around, I guess, 200 plugins, I guess, right now. So uh, it's kind of a plugin, plug and play thing. So uh, with Create React App, you get into more technical stuff. Uh, for like small and medium business clients, just they, they just need a website with a medium functionality like a login or a something authentication-based system. It's a good approach if you are working with React. So uh, Aman Tara here. Um, I see that you had also written a bit of talking about progressive web apps in React. Um, have you been able to do much with Gatsby and PWAs? Uh, currently, no, uh, I haven't, but I'm going to touch that next month. I have what, yeah, what, how do you think, like, what would be your first steps for implementing, like, having having your Gatsby application and then starting to test implementations with PWAs? Like, where do you think is, like, where are you going to start with that? Uh, 
I'm just going to start with like I made uh, one demo application for a meetup uh, in, using Create React app. So what I see the advantage of Create React app on that part is that you don't have to write the code for register workers and all that. Uh, I haven't seen that thing in Gatsby because there's a plugin for that. But uh, I'm going to explore it. So um, I'm on one of the... I, I've tried Gatsby at least twice um, for my personal website because <clears throat> right now my personal website is like very unimpressive. Um, it is using React, but it's like my own little weird node uh, program to, to generate the HTML and stuff. Um, and so I've been wanting to use Gatsby, but the hangup that I always have every time I try to use it is um, it, it feels like a pretty heavy abstraction that, that um, depends very heavily on GraphQL. Um, and for and, and that's great. GraphQL is amazing, um, but for like a really simple site like what I wanted to build, it seems like very much overkill. Um, what has been your experience with uh, getting into Gatsby and and um, how involved it is with GraphQL? Uh, first, uh, I'd like to answer that uh, I'm also running my portfolio in Gatsby, and I'm not using GraphQL. But what I've seen with other JavaScript-based static generators that they are almost all of them are overkill because of their plugin-based systems and all that. So with GraphQL, like I just said, Key, uh, that if you want to have a website for an organization or a company like FreeCodeCamp is using it uh, on their guides, uh, which like has almost everything related to web development, starting from basics like HTML, and they are using Gatsby behind that part with GraphQL API. So it is useful. The GraphQL part is useful there with uh, React thing. Uh, but if you want just to use it as a static site, yeah, it can be a bit overkill. Yeah, so you're saying that like it's actually pretty easy to use without the GraphQL part. Um, uh, yeah. Cool. So could you like... Uh, talk a little bit about what a like super simple Gatsby site would look like um, from a like your code structure standpoint and like maybe how it differs from Create React app, which I think most people are really familiar with. Sure, uh, the Create React app has a structure like we have an application uh, app.js file in which you can start to render your home component. Uh, in Gatsby, it is quite similar. You just have a index. Uh, component which can render your different parts. Uh, one thing I like about Gatsby, again, is that uh, you don't have to use any CSS preprocessor library. It has support for CSS and JS, like you can use modules also. Uh, style components are pretty famous in the community. Uh, people are using it. One of my friends is using it. Uh, the, uh, the structure of an application point of view is going to be quite similar except that you're, you might try to put your, uh, it is recommended by the Gatsby docs that you might try to put your static assets in a separate folder. And with Gatsby, you also use a, like you don't use a React router or something, you use a, a Gatsby router or something, right? Uh, yeah, it has a, a component called link, which I guess is pretty much uh, derived from React router, I guess. Could you maybe talk a little bit about the distinction between a static site generator and um, just like a, a normal web app? Um, like, why why do I care about the fact that Gatsby is a static site generator? 
Um, and does that mean that it's interactive on the front end or not? And does that mean that it, uh, um, like that I have to have a server run it, um, like to do server rendering or something? Maybe if you could touch on some of the differences between a static site generator and, like Gatsby and like a regular web app with something like Create React app, that would probably be helpful too. So uh, in Gatsby, using Gatsby, you can create a dynamic web application. Uh, I have seen some outputs, some examples on this site. For most most of the part, uh, static site generators are like in traditional ways. They just run the HTML. Uh, you might use JavaScript in the backend or jQuery, I guess I should say. Uh, but in Gatsby, you have the uh, utility of using uh, making components dynamic. Like navigation is there, as we just discussed. So, in that area, I guess it is a bit mature than other static site generators available. And it is fast if you use it, as they say, the performance uh, of uh, the loading time of web pages, uh, the rendering of the components. So, yeah, from what I have uh, experienced and learned about it, um, like you could you should be able to just use these static site or Gatsby um, specifically um, on like Netlify where it's just 100% in uh, like on a CDN. It, do it doesn't require any sort of server. Um, and it, I, if I understand it correctly, what it, what it does is it'll generate the HTML files for all of your routes. And then anything that the user hits, it's going to come back to them with the like pre-filled um, HTML content and then it, uh, Gatsby will rehydrate everything so that it's totally interactive um, as well. And so you you get kind of the best of both worlds where it's server generate or it's it's sort of like it's server rendered, um, maybe without the latest data. Um, and, but then on top of that, you get the dynamic capabilities of, of the client side. And so like um, I think a really good example of a super fast site um, using Gatsby is probably Gatsby's own website. It's um, like the doc site is crazy fast. Um, and then um, Ryan Florence built workshop.me um, and that website it's Gatsby and it's, it's silly fast. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I've been really impressed with what um, I've seen people um, build with Gatsby. So a quick question that I have um is if you have any, I know in your blog posts and stuff, you're, you're writing a lot towards, um, you know, I know that you do for like free code camp and such with helping people start around development. How would you suggest people get started with Gatsby uh, or things that you've learned along the way? Free code camp is using a markdown render. They just have their docs uh, spread all over the GitHub uh, repository and you just edit there and when once the docs, the new commits are merged, uh, things get uh, quite easy for the developer or the team handling. Like FreeCodeCamp is a very big organization and there are like a lot of commits or new requests every day. Uh, for using a, as a block, I, I would suggest uh, using a CMS based like Gatsby has support for uh, WordPress also nowadays. Uh, and there are other CMS, GraphQL CMS-based sites like, uh, I, if I remember, it's called Graph CMS or something like that. So I think it's interesting. Uh, I have used uh, Gatsby on a couple static sites, but I haven't used the GraphQL integration in any way. 
And um, so I guess I actually found it kind of odd that, that Kent was saying that was the thing that he felt was, was too ingrained. I, I understand the assumption that it's there, but I, I've got to say, as somebody, I'm a big fan of GraphQL, um, but I do find it a little odd that it's um, an opinion that Gatsby takes on. Can, can anyone speak to why that strong opinion makes sense for Gatsby? Maybe they just want to try the shift something from the traditional way of writing APIs like REST. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah, and I see that. I, I was wondering if there was just something that I misunderstood about Gatsby itself where it just made it really fundamental that GraphQL needed to, to be there as part of it. But my understanding is if I really wanted to hit a, a traditional RESTful API or an RPC-style API, I could still go ahead and do so. Now, I really think the, the bread and butter for uh, Gatsby sites is more static-generated sites that might not even be making API calls where you're writing a sort of a brochureware site or you might have a site that's just serving up static assets and you don't really even need to hit a database. So that, that I guess, to some degree is another reason that it, it seems a little strange to me, the, the strong opinion on GraphQL. But I guess the, the core takeaway here is that... Um, don't let its tie to GraphQL intimidate you or, or move you away from the tool. It's uh, it's proven very useful for me. So like my example was I was uh, creating a questionnaire uh, and that questionnaire needed to uh, be uh, parsed by search engines. We wanted to be found that way. So we chose to use Gatsby instead of something like Create React App because we wanted to make sure that the search engine optimization story uh, was ideal. And um you know, the, there's the usual conversation here around, hey, can we trust uh, JavaScript applications to be uh, parsed for SEO by Google? And Google says that they do, but the usual conversation is you're better off doing server rendering just in case because you don't really want to trust exactly um, how Google or Yahoo or Bing will end up uh, parsing uh, our JavaScript. So I think that's a, another, you know, obvious sale point for uh, something like Gatsby. Um, so earlier, I mentioned uh, Next.js, and another very close cousin to Next.js is After.js, um, which After.js is basically Next.js, but it uses React Router instead of Next.js's proprietary router. Um, I'm just curious if, if the panelists or if you, Amon, have had any experience with Next. I've, I've built uh, some sites with Next.js, too, and what I struggle with is the uh, the decision between when would I reach for next versus uh, something like Gatsby? I haven't worked with next Okay. So I, I've, um, uh, the glamorous website uses Next.js um, version three. I think there's a, a later ver or a more recent version now, like version four. Um, and it was a great experience. Uh, one of the things that was really important to me w when making the glamorous website was that um, be, because there's no like database that's powering any of this stuff, I just wanted like HTML files and script files. Like I didn't want to have to have a server running my stuff. Um, and luckily, um, around the time we were building the glamorous um, glamorous.rocks is the website, um, which I think is pretty great. Uh, but uh, yeah, so w w around the time we were building it, uh, Next came out with um, an export feature that will. Um, uh, generate all of the HTML and, and just script tags and stuff. Um, but it also still has the, like the preloading of all the um, um, different pages and stuff. So things are super snappy. 
Um, and so that that experience was good. Uh, Next.js was um, has a little bit of a like opinions around where you put certain files and and different things like that, and it does have the uh, opinions around your router. Um, the router was fine, especially on on a site like uh, like the Glamorous documentation site. There aren't a ton of routes anyway, and there's not a ton of uh, like uh, weirdness on how we link to different pages and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was a pretty good experience um, working with Next.js. It has no opinions about where you're getting your data. You have this um, uh, what a get initial state uh, method that you can add to your uh, components where it will call those um, when it's server rendering. Um, or if you're extracting, it'll call those at, at build time. Um, and it, that, that seemed to work pretty well for our use case. Um, yeah, nothing built in for, for something like GraphQL. Um, but I, yeah, it, it worked pretty well for us. This is Chuck. I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I got to the call a little bit late. I had, uh, I had something else that I was taking care of with anyway, I've got, I've got some, uh, personal family stuff going on that keeps intruding into these shows. Anyway, um, my question with a lot of these with, you know, whether it's Next.js or Gatsby or something else is that it seems like the server rendering basically um, happens on, you know, so all of my React stuff that renders my um, view or front end or whatever you want to call it, you know, how everything looks uh, shows up. Is there a way to have some of that not so server rendered so that I can have animations or you know, connect to another API. Maybe I use a WordPress API to generate things initially and then use something like Firebase or something on the front end or things like that. Or is that totally crazy? Well, so that like lots of stuff that happens um, in React is going to happen on um, like during different lifecycle hooks. Um, and uh, there are only a couple lifecycle hooks that are going to run when you're server rendering. Uh, I think that's the constructor function will run the component uh, I, I don't even know if component will mount runs. I think it does, um, but we don't care about that anymore because the React team tells us it doesn't. We, we shouldn't be using it anymore. Um, but uh, it, yeah, there, there. Um, when when you're server rendering, lots of those things like component did mount doesn't run, for example, um, and that's where lots of your uh, um, your stuff is going to happen when you're server rendering. You can like do whatever you want to do to to get your data like. Like I said, with Next.js, there's a special function to, to get your data. With Gatsby, there's, I, like like I said, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience. So maybe um, Aman can, can help us here. But, here, but uh, there's a mechanism for, for uh, getting your data before your component renders. And uh, yeah, so you could just, if you wanted to have some things uh, be server rendered and others not be, then you would just do um, all of that stuff you don't want to have server rendered in component did mount, um, and that's never going to run on the server. Alternatively, um, I know there are a couple places in the Glamorous website um, where we um, have an if condition, like if we're running on the server, then do this. If we're in the client, then do this. Um, and that, that works uh, pretty well as well. It's probably a little uh, brittle in, in some cases, but for the most part, it works pretty well. Um, so I don't know, Aman, did you want to address that at all? Uh, I'll address the uh, Charles' uh, question about uh, rendering the animation part. Uh, I think it does very well. I'm using a button, kind of a it's a kind of a toggle button on my portfolio, and it's simply written in React. Uh, it works very well. So for that part, I think uh, 
Gatsby is 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 uh, it, it, it is compatible. Do you run your own freelance business, or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side? Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere. Available from any device uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. So Kent, would you be willing to share, it sounds like you've used Next and you've used Gatsby in different places. Um, at, at the moment, do you have a, a preference between the two? I'm assuming Gatsby, since it sounds like it's the last thing you used. Yeah, so um, I've only used Gatsby just like a little bit. And it's it's actually kind of like my, um, my experience with Vim. Um, when I first started using Vim, like the first six times I started using Vim, I just couldn't get it. And I'd go like a week or two and then I'd give up. Um, and then finally, I, I used Vim uh, for more than just a couple weeks and, and started to really get it. And now I really like it. Uh, and I use Vim mode in Atom. So um, it's similar in that way where um, I, I try Gatsby a couple times and it's just been... Uh, I just don't quite get it. Um, and I've never been had like an actual product that I wanted to ship. Uh, using Gatsby, so I've never been overly motivated to to do it. So I, all that to say that I, I have pretty limited experience with Gatsby, but mostly my experience with it has been, um, like this GraphQL thing is way too heavy-handed for what I'm trying to accomplish. And so if I were going to start, um, what I would probably do is um, start with Gatsby, building out like my website. Um, and try to completely ignore the whole GraphQL thing, um, and just like keep my data in regular JavaScript modules, just an array of uh, podcasts that I've been on, or uh, like of my talks or whatever. Um, you know, rather than trying to figure out the Gatsby thing, I think that um, is probably a better approach to learning Gatsby because uh, otherwise you're learning two things at once if you aren't already familiar with with GraphQL. Um, so yeah, if I had to choose today, though, like if for some reason I had to redo my website and um, I had to choose between Gatsby or Next.js or After.js, I would choose Gatsby. Um, I feel like from my perception, it looks like Gatsby has a lot going for it. Um, I see Gatsby as being um, like potentially just as big as WordPress eventually. Uh, I think that's kind of what... Um, uh, Kyle Matthews is trying to position it, it as um, eventually having a big marketplace of plugins and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I see a big future in front of Gatsby. I think that would be really cool. Um, and so that's kind of where I would place my bets right now. And uh, yeah, Kent, I can echo 
what you said there, it's interesting because my experience was the same uh, when I went in to learn it was I focused on just Gatsby itself and I kind of shelved the, the GraphQL features because it just so happened I didn't actually need to make any API calls initially on what I was doing anyway. So I found that a good way to, to dive in. And really, I mean, if you're somebody that's already familiar with uh, Create React app or other you know popular boilerplate alternatives, um, it's, it's pretty easy to understand the differences and the development experience is nice in a lot of the same ways. You hit save, you see your changes hot reload. Um, you don't have to do any kind of uh, special work to get the development environment set up, um, install a global and then uh, spit out a site. So uh, yeah, he's done a really good job of, of paving a path uh, there. Can you render to more than just HTML? Like, can you render to PDF or... I mean, I'm imagining even like eBooks. Can you render like eBook formats? Well, so that, that's sort of a React question. Um, React has other renderers outside of React DOM, uh, and there's there's a surprisingly long list of them. If you go to the awesome React list, you can see all the other renderers. Um, I believe there's there's something that will go to PDF as well. Do you know off the top of your head anybody? I'm pretty sure that Gatsby doesn't support that out of the box. Um, and if... If I were to read Kyle Matthews' mind, I would say that's probably pretty low priority for him right now. Um, but uh, that said, you could probably use lots of the same components um, with a different renderer um, that, that could render to PDFs. Uh, I, uh, alternatively, you could have a um, have Gatsby generate a site and then use Puppeteer or something mm-hmm. to turn that site into a, a PDF or something, uh, which would be Pretty, pretty wild. We've got some pretty cool tools uh, these days. Um, but that's, yeah, that's probably what I think the state of things is now. Okay, I found the link I was looking for, everybody. Uh, awesome React Renderer. So this is uh, something I came across before. Uh, so if you scroll down through here, you can see all the different renders. Everybody's heard of React DOM, but you might not realize that there are dozens of other renders out there. And one of them in here is called React PDF, which will create PDF files from React. Uh, so yes, yes, you certainly can. There's some other interesting ones in here. You've heard of React Native before, but there's also React VR for generating VR apps, um, React Art for uh, an art drawing lab- library, React Canvas so that you can render uh, to Canvas using React components. Um, there's also even React Tiny DOM, which is a minimal implementation of React DOM uh, that I suppose you'd use if uh you're really trying to save some space. So this is an interesting list. I'll, we should probably link to this in the show notes, but it's awesome-react-renderer is uh, the list. Uh, if you Google for that, you'll find it out there. So one other question I have is hosting. Um, I think Kent mentioned Netlify, um, which is cool stuff. And, you know, they, they kind of push the, what they call the Jamstack. But, you know, I, I guess if it just renders out HTML, you can just put it anywhere, right? Are, are there specific places that are set up for it, or I don't know? I've been using it with uh, GitHub pages, so it works fine for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I mean, that's the nice story about Gatsby and, and Next.js is since the they're ultimately just spitting out uh, HTML files, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got static files that you can go host anywhere that you want. Net- Netlify gets in a lot of attention because they just make everything so dang easy. Um, I mean, yeah, Kent's nodding his head because, yeah, and I think Kent was the one that was singing their praises that uh, caught me onto them. So, uh, and then I just saw this week, you can even start hosting AWS Lambdas uh, on Netlify. 
So which, uh, yes, <laughs> I'm sorry if you, if you can see the video, Kent's making faces again. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, Netlify is amazing. And I will say another thing I did recently was uh, we just had to pull in some data and I realized they offer forms. So I was able to pull in some data and then just save it to Netlify forms and they'll spit out a spreadsheet for you. So it works a bit like Google forms, but you have a lot more power to programmatically work in whatever language you want. So I built a React site, but then I wrote the data to Netlify using uh, Netlify forms. I know we're off in the weeds a little bit, but uh, long story short, uh, the nice thing about Next.js and, and um, uh, Gatsby is you can host pretty much anywhere since it is just plain static site. You don't have any dependency on needing a node server or anything like that. You can also choose to host these files out on a, a CDN, um, and then you get the benefits of people uh, receiving these assets from a server that is geographically closest to them, which also helps speed things along. Probably part of the reason that uh, Kent talks about how Gatsby's uh, docs are uh, amazingly fast because they are probably being served from a server that's nice and close to Salt Lake City for him and close to Kansas City for me. Those sorts of things. Yeah, like this this method of building apps is the best. Like it's Jamstack, right? Um, but uh, it... It's so nice because it not only makes um, the like the perceived performance improve. So like maybe if you like uh, maybe if you server rendered things with an actual server that had access to the data and stuff, maybe it would get to the user faster. All like all things said, especially if you have like this huge botnet of servers all over the the uh, globe and stuff. Um, but they're not going to get a single bit of data until you have. Um, like resolved all the data that's supposed to get onto the page anyway, and so um, whereas with these um, these Jamstack stuff with with Gatsby and other uh, frameworks like it, uh, they're going to get um, something on the screen instantly, and then maybe they'll see a loading spinner while that something is getting their uh, their assets like or the the data uh, that it needs. But like you you can um, even turn these things into a progressive web app and use service worker to cache all the assets and stuff. And so then like they're not even hitting a CDN, they're getting it right from their box and, and they instantly see something on the screen and maybe it has a loading spinner, but the, that improves the perceived performance. And then on top of that, it makes deploying these kinds of applications immensely simpler. Like it literally is all, all you have to do is move files from one place to another uh, onto a CDN and then poof, you've deployed. Uh, it's it is so much easier. And then rollbacks are even easier because now it's just like you you just keep uh, copies of your files um, on your CDN and um, you just update the index HTML to point to the right script tags or something. And then um, you just say, okay, now uh, we need to roll back, so we just change the the uh, script tags from the index HTML. This is something that I set up at my last company, and it was just so so nice to um, have such an easy experience uh, deploying these these applications so yeah from like the deploying side of things to the um, uh, like to the perceived performance there are so many benefits to it from building applications in this way there are some drawbacks like definitely um, some some trade-offs here uh, maybe Aman, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the trade-offs the trade-offs in building an application with um, with Gatsby uh, sure uh well, one of the biggest uh, drawback I observed was uh, you can have only one uh, GraphQL API working with uh, per application. So that's, that's a bit of a tricky part. 
uh, I haven't found a way to integrate like multiple domain uh, APIs in a single application. Uh, another drawback, I guess, uh, is comes to uh, my mind is about deployment. Uh, um, most of the clients or my clients, I should say, uh, don't want their sites to be hosted on uh, NetFly or they they want to go to traditional ways like with AWS and all that stuff. So the documentation lacks a part of uh, how to deployment. And for for someone who is coming uh, new to this or getting like their first or second client, uh, doing this thing for first or second time, I should say, uh, it's a. It takes a lot of time to find out how how to do that. Well, that's an interesting point because that's really just a hole in their documentation. Since the actual technical story is easy, they just aren't telling you that that's the case. So, Mon, is there anything else that uh, you want to uh, share? Uh, that's all for me. Nice and easy. Well, Chuck, do you want to uh, do the whole roll the picks thing? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do some picks. For you, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Just enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, uh, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Uh, Tara, do you want to start us off with picks? Sure. So um, I will do a uh, another technical and non-technical. And this week, um, I'll pull a can't see dots and uh, talk about a set of React videos that I have available on YouTube, um, covering kind of introduction to using my company's Kendo UI components with React. But it also gives you a good understanding of how to go through working with uh, Create React app to uh, build up your application skeleton and also um, look into what Create React gives you considering creating your React application as a progressive web app. Um, and for a non-technical, has anybody picked Coco yet? The movie Coco? I don't think so. My kids love that okay. movie. You're talking about the Disney one, I right? Yes, the Pixar Disney one. I just watched it on the plane. And I don't know if I'm completely out of touch with the animation or what, but that was just insane in animation. And of course, an amazing storyline. So I suggest that everybody go see Coco because it is amazing. <laughs> That's it for me. Yeah, we need to get Kent to sing Remember Me from that movie. That Can that be my other pick? Can my other pick be Kent singing <laughs> Remember Me? We're, we're waiting, Kent. Oh man, I I would love to, but I'm still sick. So maybe maybe another time. All right, he promised, guys. He promised. All right, Kent, what are your picks? No, no I said maybe. <laughs> That's not what I heard. Go ahead, Kent. What are your picks? All right. So actually, my first pick um, is 
Also, Coco, I love the movie. I love the uh, Remember Me song. I, like everybody else, was crying when he sings that to... Oh, I shouldn't say. Spoiler alert. I'm not going to say, but it's it's very nice at the end. <laughs> he sings it to someone. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. They're singing in the movie. Man, in a Disney yeah, movie. That was, that was very close. Yeah. Uh, just about got stupid if you let that one out. Yeah. So I think actually that song or the movie won an award for that song. Um, and uh, and it's, it is a wonderful song. But I got to be honest with you. Um, I feel like there was a, at least like two or three songs from The Greatest Showman that were better. Uh, so <laughs> that... Okay, that movie is awesome. Yes. And the music is amazing. I agree with you. Yeah, seriously. Plus one. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick that movie um, and the music from it. My my kids listen to music when they fall asleep, and they choose that one uh, a lot. Uh, that that album, um, and uh, yeah, so we love that. Um, for my technical picks, I'm gonna first pick the React testing library. This is a tiny little um, testing utility that um, should be able to replace. Um, enzyme entirely for your testing. Um, and if there's something that it can't do, that enzyme can do, it's because um, enzyme is encouraging a poor testing practice. Um, and so that's why I wrote it is because I didn't like all of the features that enzyme have uh, has uh, because most of them encourage uh, testing implementation details. Uh, so anyway, you can check the readme out uh, for, for more on that. But yeah, it's called the React Testing Library. Um, and then I'm going to also pick Netlify. Uh, Corey mentioned it earlier, but they just recently added, um, the ability to run, uh, Lambda, uh, AWS Lambda functions and just have that included in your repo. I'm pretty sure you just put that in a Lambdas directory and they'll put it up on AWS and you get all of the amazing features that, uh, Netlify gives you. Like, um, one of the, my favorites is the... Uh, the preview pull requ- uh, the pull request preview thing. So even pull requests are deployed and are given a special URL, and you get a preview URL for it. And so they'll even deploy your lambdas um, on those too. It's it's just like mind blowing how awesome Netlify is. So definitely give them a look. And um, yeah, that's gonna be it for me. Thanks. We should get them to sponsor the show. Corey, what are your picks? Okay, so I have a few picks here. Uh, one pick is a talk that uh, I did recently uh, called The Reusable JavaScript Revolution, which has now gotten posted up on YouTube. So I'll share a link to it. Uh, interesting to anybody writing code, talking about three core revolutions that have enabled us to write reusable JavaScript today. The little theme is the future's here, just not evenly distributed. That's a little tagline for it. Uh, another post I came across that was really useful recently, uh, another technical one, was, uh, you know, console.log, but do you know about all the other things you can do with console? So I'll share a link here. Uh, this was a handy little post with all sorts of other little features that you can do in the console to help make you more uh, efficient uh, along the way. And then my last pick uh, is also React-related. Uh, a guy named Lewis, uh, who I met when I was in Portugal last month, uh, recently posted a blog post about building large-scale React apps in a monorepo. This is a really good blog post that covers both the pluses and the minuses of a monorepo and helps uh, convey why monorepos are so popular and some things that you can do to deal with uh, some of the pain points there. 
Uh, so those are my three picks. Awesome. Give me a link to that post. We'll get them on the show. Oh, that'd be great. Will do. All right. So I'm going to jump in here with a few picks. It's kind of funny because uh, it wasn't. It was Tuesday night. Uh, they had the caucus meetings here in Utah. Um, and if you're not familiar with a caucus meeting, uh, essentially what it is is, um, and I'm just going to really briefly explain this because it's not what the show's about. But um, they had the caucus meeting, and what you do is you go out and you send delegates to the convention. If you were paying attention to the U.S. presidential race, you know they had delegates at conventions for the parties. Um, that that's how it works here in Utah as well. Um, some states just do primaries. We have a caucus system, and then the delegates choose the nominees for the positions, and then they go and they run in the general election. Um, and here in Utah, Utah's a red state, which means that we lean. Uh, conservative um, or Republican generally. So if you want to have a say, since most of the Republican nominees are going to be the people who wind up running for office, you really kind of have to show up to the caucuses. Um, and all of this just to say, get involved with your local um, and you know state or pro provincial or whatever federal um, processes. Because if you want to see changes wherever you're at, um, you, then you need to know how the system works and then go get involved. And so, uh, you know, I showed up and I was planning on just, you know, voting for delegates. And one of my neighbors, I thought he was joking, but he actually nominated me for uh, a position. And so, uh, yeah, so now I'm the precinct chair for my area, which means I'm also going to the convention. But uh, all of that to are, say... Are we going to have Chuck for president shirts? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want that job, <laughs> but Chuck for podcast president. <laughs> yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, so yeah, so I just, uh, overall, I just want to shout out and pick, you know what, go get involved, you know, and if you want to serve, um, you know, a position in the party. So, so my job is essentially to make sure the delegates show up to the convention and go and meet the candidates. Um, Interestingly enough, if you know who he is, I'll probably wind up uh, meeting Mitt Romney. But anyway, um, yeah, so so go get involved because, um, you know, in, in your state, you might be in like a purple state or leans one way or the other. And so it's, you know, you show up to the general election and your vote actually counts one way or the other. But in Utah, it's pretty much a done deal by the time it gets to the general election. So if you want to have a say, if you want people who represent who you are, uh, go out and do that. I hear a lot of people complain about uh, what goes on in Washington, D.C., here in the United States. I hear other people complain about their governments. And the only way you're going to change that is by getting involved and going out and doing uh, these kinds of things where you're involved in the system. Um, you know, so I, I, we have representatives here in Utah that I'm not excited about the way that they operate. And so this is my way of getting out and looking at their track record and then going and challenging them on the things that I care about. And so, yeah, I'm going to quit preaching about it now, but... Um, I think it's important for all of us to go out and really make sure that uh, society is going the way that we go because, or the way that we want it to, because ultimately, you know, the lawmakers are a big chunk of what influences it. They're not all of it, and we're responsible for some of the cultural and other things that go on, but, you know, that, that does influence things. So anyway, I'm going to pick that. Um, yeah, just get involved. Um, the other thing that I'm going to pick... Um, is I've been playing with a podcasting app 
um, called Overcast. And mostly what started it was people were asking me, why can't I find the React podcast on Overcast? And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I gave the answer a week or two ago. But yeah, I'm really liking this app. Um, I was using Downcast before, which I also really like. But uh, I'm going to pick Overcast this week. Uh, Aman, what are your picks? So my technical pick is going to be, if you guys, like any one of you is going to uh, getting started with Gatsby, you should check out the themes. It, they have like awesome themes. Uh, 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 and my tech, uh, non-technical pick is going to be a trilogy by Jeff Bendemir. It's called Southern Reach. Uh, the movie recently, which came out on Netflix, uh, Annihilation, is based on the trilogy. It's a good, it's a mesmerizing writing to read. Nice. And are you on Twitter? Do you have a blog? Any anywhere else that people should go to find what you're working on? Yeah, I have a Twitter handler. My Twitter handle is uh, is a man himself, uh, and I I have a book blog also, uh, which I've been running for past five years. It's called readingbooks.blog. So yeah, you can find me there. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming and uh, talking to us about Gatsby. Uh, thank you, guys. All right, we'll wrap this one up and we'll catch everybody next week. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C A C H E F L Y dot com to learn more. <laughs>